So you want to learn the perfect cast? Well, gosh, just listen to episode 68 of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Oh, yo. Retro Rewind Podcast initialized. Mission identified. A goofy movie. 1995. Co-hosts online. Wait, we're online? online? Are we starting? All systems Yeah. Oh, wow. I hope you're ready. (laughs) All systems are go. (laughs) Yep. Welcome to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we rewind back to movies and video games from 15 or more years ago so that we can let you know whether they're still worth re-watching or revisiting today. You can find the show notes for this episode at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 68. There you can leave us a comment on the episode. You can find links to subscribe and review us on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And you can also find a link to support us on Patreon. Speaking of which, I want to say a special, very special thank you to many, a few perfect casters themselves. Oh, nice. Uh, our patrons, Brian Keating, Jake Arsenu, Andrew Legreve, Michael Kelso, Deborah Powers, Jared Holzhauer, and, and our secret patrons as well. Thank you all so much for your goofy support. No, it's, it's really awesome support. My name hey, is... Goofy can be awesome. My name is Francisco Ruiz. I'm a dad, designer, and generally dislike dopey dogs. Oh. And I predicted a goofy movie would be a tragic movie. <gasps> wow. I'll say, if you don't like dopey dogs. Yeah, there you What go. was Goofy's original name? Dippity Dog? I have no idea, but Paul... That sounds right. Yeah, you that's right. are my awesome friend and co-host. Welcome back to the show once again. Thank you, Francisco. You're welcome. For thank you for sticking back. to your moniker of Master Interrupter Powers. You're welcome. I never realized it. It's like you have powers of Master Interruption. That's kind of cool. Well, it's <laughs> sad but true. <laughs> uh, Paul, my trivial question for you is: the Lester's Possum Pals show that Goofy Drags Max to is a parody yes. of Disney's own Country Bear Jamboree attraction yes. at various Disney theme parks. Yes. Yes. Paul, what is your yes. favorite Disney non-ride attraction? Like Country Bear Jamboree? Yeah, like that. Um, or fake uh, Johnny Depp doing Captain Sparrow or I don't know, anything like that. That's a ride, though. No, but it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. But the actual right? guy that goes around, like the costume guy. Oh, I don't know. I really like Country Bear Jamboree. Okay, go that with can that be for right now. All right, cool. Yeah, I think that might be it. Oh, yeah. I was about to say the Tiki Room, um, but I'll say Jamboree. Okay. And I'm actually going to master her up because I wanted to say to all those who regularly listen, regularly listen to us, um, and those who this is the first time we usually do not have the type of background noise we generally have i am actually yeah exactly like that i'm actually a new uh, father this is my Yay. second congratulations thank you very much he though needs a billy bobby bubby ribbon thing because you still haven't fa- found a name for him <laughs> He has jaundice, so that is having to go on right near me. So I apologize for the sound. Please have some grace with that. And uh, next time, hopefully, we'll have some better sound quality for you. And if this this bothers you so much that a life-saving technology device is causing your podcast some background noise, 
then you can listen to another episode. There's plenty. Yeah, 60, like the first few months. ones oh, that have goodness. really great audio quality. Yeah, if you think this is bad, go back and listen to another episode Josh was on, who we'll introduce in a minute. <laughs> episode three, Masters He's of the He's on this one? He is, in fact. Let wow. me introduce him. Wait, I haven't given my prediction. Oh, well, then let's continue this train. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interrupting my brother's introduction by saying I thought Goofy Movie would be a classic. All right, on to you, Josh. Josh, welcome Thank you. back to the podcast. Josh Thanks. Powers. Uh, will you please remind us what you do, Josh? Whatever. Uh, I work at a small software company and write comedy on the side. Very cool. And oh, you're the bathroom guy on the stalls. What? Oh, you don't... <laughs> on the side of stalls. Um, yeah. Josh, oh, my trivial question for you is, Jim Cummings is a very prolific in terms of voice acting for Disney, and well, he plays Pete in a goofy movie. Yes. My question to you, though, Josh, is what is your favorite character that Jim Cummings has voiced? It can be Disney or something else. That's I easy. will say Winnie the Pooh. Uh, no, but Darkwing Duck. Yeah, I was just about to say Darkwing Duck because I, I was thinking about this Roll while I was watching the movie. Fly. I was watching the movie and and my wife asked what else, what other voices that he does, and that was the only one I could think of was Winnie the Pooh. And just as I said it now, I just realized, oh my gosh, Darkwing Duck. And then Paul had to master interrupt me. <laughs> well, he also does Tigger. So if you're going to pick one from that universe, I personally I couldn't think Tigger. of it. Darkwing Duck. I'm going with Darkwing Duck. Yeah. All right, that'd be mine as well, and I assume Paul's as well. Yes, cool. of course. And what was your prediction, Josh? My prediction was um, classic. Alrighty, let's see how our predictions pan out in our roundtable discussion. But first, we need to enter our course for where we're going this time. Paul, take it away. All right, Alice, let's get out of here and go to Goofy Movie. We'll talk about that, and then we'll do whatever we feel like, and then come back and uh, see what we've been up to lately. And then we're going to hear back from the listeners, see how they voted for the next few podcasts, and maybe some um, announcements or feedback. I don't know. We'll Sounds good. See. Yeah, yeah. All right. Alice, uh, let us know when you've hit the goofy target. I know it's sort of bouncing. Oh, okay. Never mind. Alert. Alert. Target located. Spoilers. Incoming. Engaging retro rewind reactor. From Walt Disney Pictures, Max is the most popular kid in school. Max! His girlfriend's a babe. Call you later. Okay. His best bud is cool. It's the Leaning Tower of Jesus. There's only one problem. His dad's goofy. Morning, son. Dad. It's Goofy and Max. In the movie, Siskel and Ebert give two thumbs up. You look just like I did at your age. Please don't say that, Dad. A goofy movie. Rated G. Now playing at a theater near you. I almost want to say that that TV spot was incepted, but we won't get there quite yet. It, it oh, may have had some. Well, Max wasn't the most popular kid in school, and he didn't have Roxanne. At was one his point, girlfriend. he did. Oh, yeah, he she was. Well, oh. it depends on who you talk to. Because if you talk to like P, uh, who was it, Pete or Bobby, at one point, I mean, the entire school was cheering for him as he left the school. Last day of school, so yeah. You know what? Uh, let's just talk about how we remembered a goofy movie. 
Uh, I remember going to see this in theaters five times, partly because I loved it so much, but also because really? it Me just too. happened that way. <laughs> like seeing it with my family, with youth group, etc. cetera. Uh, Goofy's son, Max, is embarrassed by Goofy, but not his learning, but not his leaning tower of cheese a friend. Goofy and son go on a cross-country family road trip, but Max lies to the girl he likes, Roxanne, in order for her to like him more about going away to be on stage with Powerline. Max changes the route to their family road trip to go to the Powerline concert. Max finally talks to his dad about his plan, and they both sneak out on stage and plays in the Powerline concert. I remember the songs being wonderful, especially the Powerline stuff. Even the score, which I had, which I had growing up by Carter Burwell, is really underrated. Um, you know what? I that all sounds pretty much right. So, except I, th- they went on stage, but they didn't really play in the concert. The, oh, I guess they just danced, huh? Yeah. Ha ha. Technically. Technically. Got him on a technicality. <laughs> and speaking of technicals, awesome segue, Paul. How was this movie technically made? All right. A goofy movie. Rated G. Runs 78 minutes and was released in theaters of the U.S. on April 7th, 1995. It was directed by Kevin Lima and written by Jim Magon and went on to... Uh, have the voice actors of Bill Farmer, James Marsden, Jim Cumming, uh, and a whole bunch of people, including Mr. Inconceivable. <laughs> Paul, contain your your enthusiasm. Sorry. I, I get really monotonous when I start reading a list. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. I don't know how much the budget was for this film but it grossed over 35 million dollars so okay. that might be good not too bad well very cool paul thanks for those technicals you're welcome are you expecting me to say something francisco no i'm i'm just waiting waiting to see if uh Oh, maybe not this time. Well, okay, uh, guys, let's talk about the things we... Oh. oh, never never mind. Oh, yeah, it's us. You think it's going to be us again? I mean, who else would it be? Well, yeah. It's us from the future. Us from the future, yeah. I, you know, I'd like to see how I'm doing a couple hours from now. A couple hours? I hope it doesn't take that long. Hey, it's us again. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Hi, hi. hi again. Hi, hi, what'd you rate it? Let's do this. Oh, we rated it a classic. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. like uh, unanimous? No, or? see you later. Bye, guys. Oh, we gotta go. Wait, wait. Hey. Well, all right. I guess we'll find out who rated it a classic or if anyone didn't rate it a classic. Yeah, Interesting. Maybe it was rated tragic and there was two... Uh, Classics? Yeah. Francisco, just uh, like we predicted. I don't know, guys. We'll find out. Or maybe it's me. Was know. it un- was it disputed? Undisputed? We don't know. Yeah. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's talk about a goofy movie. Um, let's begin with our guest. Josh, what's one thing you liked about this animated Disney feature? Uh, one thing I liked was... Um, <laughs> one thing? Yeah. Was 
how real like the the high school and the high schoolers felt like no one's blandly drawn everyone feels like a real caricature you know so like there's Even Mickey Mouse <laughs> not in the high school but yeah he's in the crowd Oh, really? uh, no, he's in the crowd at the concert at the very oh, end. Sorry, yeah. you're right. You're right. I thought it was in the crowd at the at the uh, when he's in the standout no, different the, power line performance. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But they're clearly jocks and nerds and the different uh, cliques, you know. Uh, but what I really liked is that you know they don't say, well, the jocks are over here. They're all like intermingled and they all interact with each other and. I like that because, you know, it reminded me like of The Breakfast Club where, you oh, know, yeah. you have the different kind of cliques, you have the different people, but they're but they're like, wait a minute, the, the jock is talking to the nerd or, you know, there's interaction there and it feels very real, like, because there's too many high school movies that just like, no, 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 these people don't talk to these people. Well, of course they do. They mm-hmm. all go to the same school together. They have all these things in common. No, no, no. The, the sub characters don't talk to the main characters. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and well, is, did you have any more thoughts on that, Paul? Oh, I, I, with the high school feeling real. Yeah. There was a couple of them that looked like college, but I'll go with it because that's <laughs> true of any high school too. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's a good point because some of them seem more like adultish, you know, and some yeah. seem more like kids, which is very much like you have these freshmen, who are just coming out of middle school and these, uh, you know, uh, high school or early seniors who are like just about to go to college. So you feel yeah. that age range is very yeah, that's a good point. stark too. And no. on that note, I was going to say, I've written down that I think they play the stereotypes really well in uh, not just the, the school, but just the, about throughout the movie, like on the open road or any <laughs> where oh, they have... Sure. Where they have stereotypes in the cafe, you know, and everywhere they go, it's it it is stereo stereotypical. But anyway, they play off it really well, and it it has yeah. a good mixture, like you were saying. Though, well, I want to disagree with you on one point, Paul. And Only one. Well, for <laughs> so thi- far, for this so far, I don't think that Bigfoot character was very stereotypical of what you would think of as Bigfoot. Yeah. And but, but he I was liked. stereotypically voiced by Frank Welker. <laughs> okay, he does a lot of the. Uh, I, I will vouch voices. for Paul. Oh, oh, oh vouch for Paul on this one. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> um, but I, I actually that's one thing I liked. I thought the Bigfoot scene was really funny. I, I and I want to say I don't remember a lot of this movie. I think I had yes. seen it once, maybe, because <laughs> I I didn't remember a lot. Uh, but yeah. I, that was a really enjoyable scene, seeing how the Bigfoot was rea- or trying to take over and just fell asleep on the car and things like that. Yeah, I agree. I, and that goes to what one of the things that I put down. I feel like I'm taking over here. But um, is some of the sense of humor with the Bigfoot disco dancing. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, just sort and, of silly stuff. Yeah, exactly. Or I thought shall I say humor. goofy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have something like that, too. I wrote down just something that I like was just the comedy in general. Like, there yes. are genuine laugh-out-loud moments. Yeah, like absolutely. Like, when Bigfoot lifts his head out of the box and he's got the underwear on his head. <laughs> yeah. And he looks through it. You know, uh, the little girl in the beginning outsmarting Pete uh, by leaving her diaper and running away without her diaper. You know, it's yeah. just 
really and uh, all the pop culture references, which aren't like crowbarred in there, they just live in that world, you know. Yeah, like the twenty questions, and it's a man. Yeah, it's Walt it's, Disney and the the yeah. keychain, you know. It's just that's 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 all great comedy. It's a it's a great blend of comedy, and it, it, it's never it never feels too forced anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's, and definitely seen all the sort of inside Disney jokes or. Um, allusions to disney was was fun it was almost like little easter eggs that you could find yeah so that's definitely a fun part and um, they live in that world so you exactly that exactly yeah exactly. of course well, donald duck and mickey mouse are on the side of the road <laughs> exactly yeah. it was just of course although i half expected and you saying this you guys talking about the high school a little earlier I have expected to see those bigger, those mainline Disney characters as the professors, a la Tiny Toons well, Adventures. Yeah, I was about to say, this isn't Tiny Toons. Well, no, but... They have cool. real jobs, like entertaining oh. masses <laughs> at Disney parks. <laughs> You're yeah, right. They're too what busy starring thinking? in their own movies. Yeah. <laughs> like the Three Musketeers and stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that Bugs Bunny is just a hack. He has to teach. <laughs> um, wow. Let's go back to Josh. What was something else you liked about a goofy movie? Um, what I liked was uh, how it was, even though it was dated, it it was also timeless. Um, let me explain. It's a period piece. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm about to say. It's like, uh, I mean, first off, it's a huge contributing factor to the nostalgia. So I like that. But uh, it does the rare thing of ringing so true the elements that aren't. You know, like, hey, this is, you know, the 90s. It's just rings so true that it's like, oh, this is a period piece, you know. So that's really like, you could, it's, there's no like jokes like it's saying, hey, this is funny at one time or something. It was like, no, this is just the world that it happens to take place in. Okay. And uh, I liked that because it, it's such a delicate balance because just one wrong move and you'd be like, oh, yeah, it's so dated. You could tell. But, you know, there's a charm to it this way. Do yeah, th- no one has their cell phone out. <laughs> Do you think that if this were somehow a live-action adaptation? Oh, have you seen the it- live-action? <laughs> oh, I didn't. Is there one? Yeah, they redid uh, the first song. Um, after Today. Up. Oh, After Today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look that up. It's just After Today live-action remake. Oh, interesting. Yeah, in that's real fine. Life. It's really well done. Okay. Yeah. It's so good. It got popular enough to actually, uh, the director of the movie actually got to see it, and he just wrote, like, wow, that's so amazing. Oh, cool. It. Well, yeah. Okay. That aside, if they made but a live action. But if this action, was professionally well done. <laughs> no. If this was like a live action movie, like same, oh. maybe the same story, uh, not goofy per se, but a character that's very much like Goofy, same dynamic between Goofy same and Max. Same script just would given it, to it. Yeah. Do you think it would have felt more dated though? I, 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 well, yeah, what I'm saying is, I feel like. Wear. What I'm saying is, I feel like it being animated sort of glosses over the fat its period of when it's set uh i think the the story is so timeless and the characters even though like like i was talking about the different high school cliques i mean those Mm -hmm. have been that way in generations so there's nothing in the plot like i said like if you were just to look at the script by itself you know in the dialogue and everything Mm -hmm. then yeah i would say it's timeless it's just you know the costume change or the costume decisions you know everything like that there's nothing that really plays on the fact that it's the 90s. It just happens to be the 90s. I have one thing that I think it does. But, Paul, do you have any – do you agree with 
Josh, or do you have a? Uh, I disagree with you both. It doesn't seem like it's <laughs> '90s to me, except for maybe the Powerline music um, sort of hints at it, but not fully. Yeah, that was going to be my one thing. Is that I feel like the Powerline music is very much like trying to be Michael Jackson slash Prince, or that sort of style of music. I almost felt like I was listening to. The m- music from the Jetsons soundtrack or the Jetsons oh, movie. That's um, oh, the Jetsons movie. Yeah, yeah. Not the <laughs> with <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> yes. Um, gotcha. So that I, it wasn't off-putting. I thought it was fine. Um, it just, if we're talking about things that made the movie feel not timeless, that would be one of them. I don't know how but, you would make a movie about a timeless. high school timeless in terms of a music that's like. There's, there's yeah, no, because there's, there's obviously no music, no music group that is almost timeless. I would say they're all sort of in their own time. Except but, Beethoven. Well, you no, but that's classic. Find, still, you don't find uh, high schools in medieval times. So, wow. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've gone a little far afield. Uh, let's go yes. back, Paul. What's something else you liked about? This movie. I liked the opening dream sequence. That was real. <laughs> I was not expecting that, and that yeah. was well done. I thought it's. Yeah. It had a lot of things in it about finding love and then scaring it away with adolescence, and about his fears about turning into his dad. It yeah. was just really well done. Totally. Something that I didn't even like uh, occur to me while I was watching this for the, uh, is uh, I was watching it with Sharon, like I said, and Sharon she is... put my wife. Oh, okay. And uh, and past and so you see him like you know grow slowly have like the teeth and she she doesn't know that like he's about to be turning into Goofy right mm-hmm. but she so she comes like oh uh, like she says something about puberty or something I'm oh, like oh. going through these hormonal changes and I was like I never even thought about it that way making that connection yeah. I just knew it's like he's oh he's just goofy, yeah. He tried, yeah becoming his dad but it's like oh he's going through these literal physical changes as well yes so. yeah and that that's cool that actually adds another layer to it being a dream because i imagine that's that's something yeah. that you dream about when you're growing up i was no i never grew goofy? up i was <laughs> but uh no no just sort of how you're how going through puberty how the changes that are going to happen to your body how those might um uh, translate into a dream i think could could be similar aspects Mm-hmm. At least symbolically, absolutely. Exactly, in, yeah. In the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, was there something else you liked about uh, Yes. I, I loved how it's very cinematic. Uh, mm. Like, you, you don't... Like there's a plot? Well, no, not just <laughs> not just with the plot, because, you know, even even the, the silliest of, you know, animated movies have plots. But this movie really takes its time to tell a story uses a lot of you know uh, like the when the characters are in turmoil you know the environment and shows shows that you know when they're when when it's raining when everyone's depressed yeah and uh what the big argument you know at near the end Mm -hmm. uh they're like on a car and the car is just like going through all the waterfall and flying all over the place and it's Really, you know, when uh, Max is being tempted, everything is red. You know, it's yeah. very intense, and you don't really get that in if like animated. Do you, you think about Goof Troop? You're like, 
Well, of course not. Not in a goof troop. What makes that different in a goofy movie is it has that cinematic approach. Okay. It also slows down in parts, which a lot of animated movies don't do. Great, yeah. powerful moments of silence. You know, like mm-hmm. when was the last time you were watching an animated movie? And in Amer- an American animated movie where there was these great moments of just silence, but great, you know, great what's happening between the characters. Yeah, yeah a land so. before time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking like Wally, and, you know, like, you know. Oh, that's true, too. Yeah, but it, there's not, there are very few and far between, and they're practically, uh, the, all the, the best ones really stand out. And mm. I think this is one of those as far as mm. using that method. And I love that. It was very cinematic. I, I appreciated that. And you know what? To that point, I maybe you guys can help me think of this because this has been on my mind since I watched it the other night. But the the fact that Max is Max, tempted Max, Max. To, to look at the map and he almost doesn't. And then it, he does goofy? something... No, he no. Max is something oh, that Max? pops open the glove box, and he's like, "No, okay. but at one point, it, it Goofy." I'm is getting there, to look. Master. All right, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I'll be quiet and listen. <laughs> listen ears, show me your listen ears. There they are. Um, <laughs> I don't have any ears. Why are you making fun of my no ears? Poor Joe, he has he no has ears. ears. Anyway, I actually guys. saw that the other day. <laughs> it's a great movie, Dave. Anyway, so Max is tempted, has a moment of overcoming that, but then the glove box pops out and the map, he's tempted and he succumbs to temptation. Same thing with, with uh, Goofy. He, he decides he's going to trust his son and he, he hits the, the wheel in determination and the glove box pop open. Is there... So something that is on my mind, there must be some symbology to this map and the the fact that it's something that tempts is is sort of this dy- has this a dynamic of trust and yes. lying to it for both Goofy that sort of ties Goofy and Max together. But I could not put my finger on what that is, what it's trying to symbolize in well, their relationship. It's all very mystical and everything. <laughs> it is. Do you uh, remember? Well, no, he he says that line. Remember, it's like careful, careful, Max. You'll wrinkle or or uh, you'll past. wrinkle my past and our yeah. future. Yeah, I don't because that. that's no, okay. That's the map that his father took in, and his oh. father before oh, oh, him yeah, yeah, yeah. used from goof yes. to goof to goof yes. to right. twelve or thirteen generations. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So that map is like a trusted family heirloom. Yes. So to break that is to go against the family, the long legacy. Yeah, but the the fact that the same thing happens to Goofy. Oh, uh, I think that's the it. director's call. Wait, 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 I don't understand. What do you mean? He's asking stuff? this is basically the fact that they were both tempted by the map. Oh, um. In a very this, similar fashion, too. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. It's is because to I think. It. Well, yeah, it's definitely a mirror it's a to mirror that, but it's element of mirroring. Yeah, and this is also a great example of how cinematic it is. It never, it the movie really doesn't condescend it, it, to its audience. It doesn't say, and guess what? He looked at the map. It's all inferred, and it, they use the, uh, you know, you you have that moment with Max that when it comes to Goofy, you all you see is very little. You don't even see him 
look you at know, the map. Just look the map, at the map. It's out. just a yeah, yeah. It, it opens, and then you just see the light and far away, and then the story unfolds, and you just know based on his reaction. It's far more powerful telling it that way rather than just saying, "Oh, and then he looked at the map." You know. Okay, I guess I'm maybe I'm looking looking for too deep. It's, yeah, it, yeah it's, it's just a device. I think it's just a cinematic device. It's okay. made from the woven claws of the magic carpet from Aladdin. It, okay. <laughs> or maybe it's also I think just about you know Max as they're both experiencing these things together, you know, and they both yeah. experience temptation together. Okay, you know, I, and they both yeah and you and that's kind of the connection you know he looked at the map because max does because max is his son mm-hmm. and goofy's his father okay that makes sense okay thanks mm-hmm. thanks for diving into that with me a, little, a bit guys and listeners sure. if you if <laughs> a bit <laughs> if, if you actually have more to add to that i would love to hear any speculation you guys have on if there is added meaning or just uh, if you just want to say francisco stop looking in places where there isn't Stop yeah, making I think it's just a story morals. element. That's fine. All. I, fine, guys. Fine. Let's I, go right. to you, Paul, right. for something you like. It's all right. Oh, my gosh. These characters, I think Josh said it best when it describes a lot of things with, about this movie, is that it's highly underrated. These characters in this movie, besides Goofy, first of all, it's about Max. Why, is it, why isn't it called Max? Anyway, Goofy. Actually, um, but, it was called that in international markets. It was called Goofy it, and Max. Yeah. And some of the, yeah. Um, but the characters like Bobby, played by Pauly Shore, oh my gosh. I'm telling, Pauly, if you're listening, you need to do more animated characters because that's just probably one of your finest roles, just did you, being did an animated you, character. Did you catch the necklace? His necklace? No. no. That? I, that sounds familiar. I didn't catch it this one. What, what, what's the deal on his necklace? It's the same necklace that Link wears in Encino Man. Yes. Really? Awesome. Oh, that yes. is awesome. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, so he's he's uh, a highlight for me. Every, anytime he comes on the screen, I'm just smiling. It's like, okay. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, um, His greatest but, role ever. <laughs> but also the other characters, like Roxanne, I think she is often forgotten about as far as a love interest in the disney realm uh i i I back you up on that one for sure because i like i've talked to people who love the movie and there's always this clamoring of like why didn't she show up in the sequel you know well where is she there there is there's a there's a there's a a, a, like a brief shot where you can see her where it's like it could be her but you're hoping not (laughs) but she does show up in the tv show house of mouse which is about like all the disney characters just interacting each other she gets a whole episode where max and roxanne go on a date to the house of mouse oh that's cool i'm with the original voices and goofy comes in is like messing it up and everything oh that's cool yeah it's great to see her come back but yeah she's definitely underutilized yeah. I'll have more to say about that later. Um, right. But other characters are like Principal Mazer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I Played by Wallace Shawn. Vicini. Yeah, or the, the boss <laughs> from Incredibles. Or the dinosaur from Toy Story. Yes. Yeah. So or the star of My Dinner with Andre for you nerds out obscurity. there. Obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's this, this movie has a lot of great... Um, B cast, I guess what you would call it. Yeah. Supporting cast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, do you guys have more things you liked about this movie? I have my number one. Do you? Uh, I have one little thing about how I love how all the themes are very consistent. You know, Meaning about the like musical um, themes or the themes of the story. Themes of the story of just like how lying is like like woven throughout the whole thing how fatherhood is just like in every frame even mm-hmm. even max even asks about goofy's father you know and stuff so it's I, just I, like all these really subtle moments and i think moments. that line from uh finding nemo was stolen from this movie about i hate you okay <laughs> yeah i'm sure yeah no one's ever, but, has ever said that in a movie well you know a son to a father <laughs> disney uh, okay. But um, he never says that. But Nemo? I think in, no, Max. I thought he did in this movie. I and mean, that does sound familiar. I know he he says, right, "You take me on this stupid, it. you take me on the stupid uh, trip to, to to so I could see a stupid rat show." You know that it's about as intense as it gets. But well, speaking of the, I really do, I agree with you guys. I I really love the father son dynamic in this movie. Um, not, I mean, not all, not all the time, especially when there's a lot of strife between them. But like when, when Goofy decides to hand over the map to Max and sort of knights him, I thought that was really cool. And then Max sort of stepping up to that, not just, he, he, they go to like the truck rally and the other th- things he likes, but then he notices his dad doesn't like him. And he goes to other things that he knows his dad will really love. And so I really, I really enjoyed that and seeing them bond and, and enjoy is- one another. That is great, and you see, like, like Goofy's having trouble, and he tries, you know, Pete's technique, you know, and it doesn't work. And I like how they show not just good parenting, but bad parenting, and why good parenting works. And hey, 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 hey! You can't judge that if the parenting is bad or not. It works. It's you know. <laughs> well, it's saying like Goofy's trying. Well, actually, here's a bigger theme: is uh, communication. You know, the climax song is actually eye to eye, like communicating. And that's like beginning to end a huge thing. And yeah, so I thought it was so out of character for uh, Goofy to break the law to go s- sneak up on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I think if this movie were two hours, you would see like them like saying, you know, we should arrest you. But, you know, that was so cool. Well, or like Powerline steps in. It's like, no, man, he's cool. You know, it's like, a whole <laughs> no, like deleted scene. Calling him off the jail. <laughs> the, the scene is they should be getting out of jail, then going over to Roxanne's house. Yeah. But I don't think it was in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up our like section with the things we liked most, our classic makers for a Goofy movie. Let's begin with Paul. Uh, the songs. The, the songs in this movie are very catchy, very, very fun. I have the soundtrack. Not all of them I liked. Like Lester's Possum Park, I don't listen to that much, you know. But <laughs> the Powerline songs were were fun. It was. It's amazing for a movie that references like pop songs or popular songs that they make up. Usually isn't that good or catchy, but this one I think delivers mm-hmm. in in uh, major ways. And uh, so this, you know, after today, and there's just several really key, good, solid songs in there. That's a lot of fun. What was the song that they were singing while they're on the 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 river on their car? Nobody else but you. Yeah, I didn't like that one. Yeah, that's kind of slow. All but the, all the other ones I like though. It's it's not bad, but it's not. Well, 
I know it's more it's, character it's, development. If you were to if, if you were to split the songs in half, it would be on the lower tier. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Good point. All right. Cool. The songs. Wow. I think that's the first time you've ever mentioned um, the music as your classic maker, Paul. That's cool. I think so. Uh, Josh, how about you? Uh, what I love the most? Yeah. You know, it's very hard to say for me because there is so much of this movie that I love. And I want to say the whole standout scene is like, you know, I want to put that there. But if I had to pick one, it's how the character of Max is actually done. He's a very three-dimensional character, which I don't think you get so often in Disney movies. Yeah. Uh, His relationships with all the other characters aren't just good. They're actually genuine. You know, Mm. the the whole high dad soup scene would hold up in any serious drama. And that comes from Max's relationships with everybody, especially Mm -hmm. Goofy. So if I had to pick one thing, it would be that. Very cool. Um, Mine is in a very similar vein. And this is coming from a place of, I've never really cared for Goofy as a character. He's one of my oh, like, least favorites. He's in all the how-tos. <laughs> and some of those are That's... funny. I like the weightlifting one. Yeah. The, the funny one. But for the most part, on the whole, oh, I my gosh. don't care you for You and your Goofy. classic Disney. <laughs> oh my. I hate for classic Disney. Oh, my word. I want to know where, where Francisco's going with this. Okay. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because okay. I might be able to back him up on this. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Yeah. All Continue, right. Francis. So n- having come from a place of not really caring about Goofy as a character, this movie really changed my opinion on him. I I love how much he cares about Max as a dad, like I was saying before. Um, and and like, like you were saying, Josh, how Max is very much a fully fleshed out character, I think you we see a lot much... We see much more of a holistic um, view, I guess, mm-hmm. of Goofy in a Goofy movie, whereas you just see pretty much his silly side in all the other Disney stuff. In this, you really see him as like a true character, like with much more dimension than just like, oh, he's the Goofy guy that always gets into trouble, but somehow, you know, goofs his way out of it. Uh, so I really, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm though came around. Okay. <laughs> um, though I didn't always agree with some of the ways he parented, which I will get to next. Uh-oh. But before that, we like to go to our Facebook group, which you can join at retrorewindpodcast.com slash group. Uh, join, oh, yeah. Join the Facebook group, group there. We usually post there saying, hey, what do you remember about this movie or game that we're about to cover? We'd like to include your memories in the episode, which we are going to do now. Uh, Aaron Hickman from the Retro Obscura and Genesis Gems podcast said, I saw it in the theater. It was Disney at a low point in the mid-90s, so I had no idea what to expect. It turned out to be a fun, funny movie that I still enjoy to this day. Disney was not at a low point in the movies than in the mid '90s. Yeah, I wanted to point something out. <laughs> By the t- a goofy movie came out in, uh, after this is Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, Goofy movie, Pocahontas. <laughs> so maybe it was the start of the low point. Oh, maybe cool. because because after Pocahontas he had Hunchback of Notre Back. Dame, Which are Hercules, Mulan. Not they're good. They're not Tarzan. Yeah, Tarzan. Same director as a Goofy movie, by the way. Yeah, no, oh, interesting. Yeah. I love Tarzan. Uh, okay, but yeah, there there's clearly a 
two different eras there. Pocahontas being kind of the split point there. So maybe maybe so that's it's right on the cusp. It's, yeah. I mean, and you gotta say at thirty-five million gross, that's not Lion King. Aladdin take. But nor was it expected to. This is also in the same vein. No, it's, I wish it was the well, same vein as Doug's first movie. Well, <laughs> you, you think about it like it was released in April. Those movies are usually usually released around November and the Thanksgiving uh, December holiday. Yeah, they knew it wasn't gonna. This was a spring release movie. It was like, we'll put this out where it doesn't have much competition. Mm-hmm. Let's, uh, let's see what it can do. Yeah. Um, but Anyway, maybe, Aaron, you can clarify that later. Uh, but no, he doesn't need to. I, we think we know what he means. Okay. Uh, so, uh, memorable characters and scenes that, and scenes and that feeling of teenage angst perfectly captured. Max is a jerk most of the movie, and Goofy is just a dad trying to be a good father to his rebellious son. And what oh, happened I, oh, to sorry. the mom? No explanation. Also, who else thought Powerline looked like Prince? Oh my gosh! So many jumping points. <laughs> let's let's do, let's do one, okay, Paul. Ahead. Pick one. Darn it! Which one? The mom? I'll save the, the mom, mom for another mom. time. No, I'll save oh, it for okay. the dislike section. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, the Max is a jerk, or uh, I I can't figure. I can't remember any of the other jumping off points. Uh, his rebellious son. Good no. father trying to be rebellious son. Um. Max was, was a jerk through the whole thing? Yeah. No. Those never were pretty mind. much the only ones. No, never mind. Sorry. Well, that was worth it. Um, Danae, <laughs> Danae <laughs> Burge said, The perfect cast. I think of it whenever I see someone fly fishing. I remember the weird yeah. kid with yes. the spray cheese. It's the leaning tower of cheese And the epic father-son moment at the Powerline concert. I think I even remember most of the lyrics to Stand Out. Then Sharon Powers, again, Josh's wife and past guest host of the show. Uh, Let's see. She said, I remember seeing the trailer all the time and we watched and enjoyed Goof Troop, which fooled my later memory into thinking I'd seen the movie until Josh and I were dating. Uh, And I realized I had only seen the show I'd only seen the show. Same with Ghostbusters, oddly enough. Um, I'm excited to finally see a Goofy movie tonight, though. So I hope you enjoyed it, uh, Sharon. Uh, Rachel Wunsch, longtime listener, said, Stand Out was a song I downloaded as a kid. A great movie. Oh, my uh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> More jumping off points uh, that I won't remember in a second. Uh, a Goofy yeah. movie has was really entertaining, just like, Goof Troop, just like the Goof Troop series. Then uh, finally, <clears throat> Michael Kelso from the Two Dudes in a Nest podcast said, again, I just got to know, who's the favorite possum? Who's your favorite possum? <laughs> who's your favorite possum? <laughs> Lester. <laughs> By the oh, way, the, I, the, uh, the voice of Lester is the director. Is oh, oh is it? That's yeah. cool. Oh, cool. That's Kevin Lima. <laughs> I remember the jumping off point that I wanted to get to. Is one of the likes I forgot to mention. I thought they did a great job of facial expressions and body language between Max and Roxanne and about the liking and the, uh, the awkwardness. And the awkwardness. Yes. I thought it was excellent on par. Yeah, I think that was re- really good as well. And as far as their facial expressions. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So thank you again, everyone, for wait, wait, wait. There's oh. more, and there's more. Paul, take it away. Darn it! It's on well, my page. I'm not there. Well, I have something here while he's pulling that up. Okay. Wow. Uh, Goofy's wife, according to the Goof Troop canon. Oh uh, wait, wait, wait! Where is this canon coming from? From the show Goof Troop. Is it really? Yes. Uh, okay, because I thought it wasn't explained. Okay, so go it, for it. It's explained that she passed away through unknown circumstances, but Goofy tells Max that, quote, she's up there with the stars. Aww. Yeah. See, I, I, that's much better than my theory. <laughs> I don't you want to hear my I, theory? I'm not sure I want to, but go ahead. <laughs> the reason why Roxanne is not with Max in the, uh, the sequel, an extremely goofy movie, is because we never see Roxanne's mom in this. And it turns out that that's actually Max's mom. So they're like half brother and half sister. So that when they find that out, they break up. Wow. So for the sequel, they're not together. Wow. I think if you were trying to think of a twisted reason, <laughs> that's one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, and then we have a few more. Uh, Carlene Cooper Painter said, this was a favorite amongst the Cooper girls. Love it. Uh, Chad Reiser said, I sang on this one. Really? Yeah. And ensemble and a couple of step outs on After Today. That's cool. Like on the actual movie? Do you know? Yeah. Paul? Yeah. Very he's, cool. He, yeah. What, what it's even cooler <laughs> is that uh, he, <laughs> checking the credits, the character that he sings for was mm-hmm. voiced by Joey Lawrence. Yes. Oh, funny. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, then uh, Chad Reeser added, because Paul was astounded by that, uh, Chad said, gonna live in the pool is 17 years old with is 17 year old Chad. Yep. I'm not sure I follow, but okay, cool. No, he was 17 at the time when oh. he recorded that line oh. from gonna live in the pool oh i see okay thank you for explaining that paul yeah um and then deborah powers past guest host and mom of josh and paul if that wasn't apparent said (laughs) yeah she is a parent (sighs) yeah (laughs) one more time yeah (laughs) i love this movie a classic in my book especially love the song stand out I don't know if I'm singing that right, but that's, yeah, that, that's the song at the beginning, right? No, that's after today. Uh, at the end. No, Stand Out is Oh, no, the no, school. the beginning. It's the second song. That's, right. what that's the one without yeah. Mickey Mouse, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first Powerline song you hear. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Was there any more, Paul? Yeah, but they don't count. Wow. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you, everyone, again, for your uh, feedback. Now let's get to the things that we did not like about a Goofy movie. And I'll kick us off since I had sort of a, a cliffhanger from my, uh, my most like section about Goofy. Goofy's being overly influenced by Vecini and Pete and even Max. <laughs> though, I mean, I think this provided a really good contrast. He is a gullible character. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that just bothered me that he's just but he so overly it. influenced. Um, his, yeah, you just brain. write it that he's not capacity, but that's not his character. Oh, 
okay, but he's in. He, maybe he's like you know an insecure or or searching. I think he's more happy-go-lucky, and if somebody says that, you know, his son's starting a riot, he's going to believe it. You know what? Yeah, he's he's naive. Okay, I'm not saying that he isn't, like, that that takes away from his believability as a character. No, I I understand there are people like that. It just was a bit... It infuriates you. Yeah, a bit. bit. Oh, I think you mean it takes away from his sympathy, or, like, sympathizing with his character. It's like, come on, stand up for yourself. Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. Which it was great when he finally did that with his son and like his, the way they animated his expression that he is just so aggravated and disappointed in his son for picking the wrong way. That was perfect. I thought they yeah. could not have captured that better. Sharon actually said like when he's, when he's standing over the, uh, the, you know, looking out with his back towards Max, and, uh-huh. you know, she turns over like your dad makes that position. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she said, so does my dad. <laughs> yeah. yep. uh, so I, I thought that was great. So I'm glad he finally gets to that point where he stands up for himself. I just yeah. felt like he was a bit of a pushover throughout a lot, a lot of the movie. So I guess I wish that well, point had come sooner or there he, had been more growth in that, but uh, it was, he reached his, he reached his 77 times of forgiving or is it seven times 77? Well, I think yeah. it's more of that. He was that kind of, you know, naive character and it mm-hmm. takes something as dramatic as his son, uh, being, you know, losing that trust in his son that it just, you know, it, that breaks him. That's, you, know? you know what? That's a good point. Okay. You know what? That's why it's only a minor dislike. That's like at the top of my list. So it's. But this discussion I had on my. Dislikes, on your other podcast? <laughs> oh, no. okay. <laughs> on, my po- on, on my podcast. No, <laughs> on my list, I, I wrote Goofy says, insists that Max is a good kid, and it made me frustrated that. If he's such a good kid, then why is he so defiant and like not getting in the car when told to and switching the the music in the car? You know, if he's such a quote unquote good kid, why is, oh. why does Goofy think that if he if his attitude isn't that way? But now that after this discussion, it's like, well, maybe it just took him to the end of the movie to realize maybe he's not as good as he thought he was. Yeah. Well, I think it's more of, it, it, it comes to the point where, you know, he says, you know, uh, where Max says, it's like, I'm not your little boy anymore because that's how Goofy sees him. So, you know, he, and that, he, go, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that line, I, I had forgotten until you mentioned it just now, Paul, but that irked me a bit. When he Be- said, yeah, because I mean, he's, and maybe he's not this little, but you're still a kid. I mean, and you know what? I I I have to empathize because I I felt like after like in high school, I felt like I knew a lot, and then when I was in college, I thought I was like I know so much. I am so smart. I so yeah. know how the world works. And the older I get, I think tons of people say this: the older you get, the more you realize you don't know anything. And yes. so. So but I think, there's a lot of people in the high school age that know enough to basically stand out on their own and make decisions for themselves. That's true. I, I supp- but, but the thing is, here's the thing. If you say something like that and you're still living at home with your parents, then I think you, the the, you lose. He's, no, he's still his boy, just not his little boy. Okay. Or he's not yeah, a boy, that, he's a teenager. Okay. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Then, you know what, yeah. never mind. Uh, I, I will secede that. All right. Um, 
<laughs> I will continue to use that word wrongly. Ha ha ha. Um and then uh so okay, I totally walked over what you were saying, Josh. I'm sorry. But what you that that point made me think of uh that just him saying he's a little boy, that is something that irked me. Uh let's go to what was something else that bothered you, Josh, about this movie? Oh, oh, um, but if I can comment on what you just said, it's like I think that part is supposed to irk you because that's something a teenager would say. Okay, and it's and, and, and it's followed up by the perfect line by Goofy saying, "You'll always be my little boy." Yeah, or you'll always be my son. Well, you know that was yeah. kind of the the linchpin to the kind of the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But um, things I didn't like, which is very hard to get out of me so i had to think a little hard on <laughs> this one uh but you know what the, the, what there are very big outlandish fiasco moments like set pieces worthy of an action movie you know very i use the word fiasco oh just i like, hate those well no it's it, it's exactly the kind of movie starring goofy that requires like i'm gonna go see a movie about starring goofy i'm i expect to see those scenes oh, okay. i think because the move the moments that aren't so outlandish are so good and resonate so well uh that you get to those moments and it makes what could be a very seriously emotionally uh, weighty kind of movie just just you can't take it as seriously just because well hmm. it's still goofy it's still you know you, can it's you still give an, have to uh, be... an example of a scene sure sure uh on the open road is perfect example um where you have you know a corpse dancing on top of a limousine you know it's <laughs> yeah. like a biplane you know flying through with everybody dancing you know this huge it's big all choreographed number. yeah it's just it's a it's a completely ridiculous scene you know which just but... like and I'm not saying I'm saying like it, it's it's hard to 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 quibble with that. It's like it's so good, and you have these moments that are really big, well, and these other moments that aren't. I have a better example though, Josh, okay. of this because that that part you're talking about is during a musical, and a musical has a theat theatricality to it that okay, yeah. I think it warrants that type of um, uh, yeah, that not type necessarily, of necessarily, but okay. But oh, however, well, uh, however, yeah, when they're arguing and falling off the cliff and still arguing throughout all of that, yeah. I think that is way over the top given the subject matter of their conversations. Right, that's I another don't. good one. Uh, I, I was actually thinking of that one. You know, Bigfoot shows up. You know, it's like Bigfoot really. You know, it's, I love it. I love the Bigfoot moments and all. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's like it's entering. It's almost entering into a different genre at that point. If it what if it didn't take, uh, you know, it, it's very careful to keep it in that same world. But it's like, uh, you know, and then Bigfoot shows up. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're like, okay. You know, I'm going with it. It's 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 a different movie because of that. No, you know? because it's at the point of where. Max is with Goofy camping and they have just butt heads and it's like yeah they, I don't want to be here maybe later which is I thought was very uh um real mature for him to say oh, oh. um <laughs> compared to all the other immature things he said and then you're like oh what are they going to do and then oh wait no wait is that when Pete comes 
Uh, anyway, Pete has already come. Yeah. Oh, Pete has already come, and then Bigfoot enters. Like, how are they going to get past this? And then Bigfoot just like, let's turn it on its head. But um, no, I think the the waterfall scene isn't that outlandish to me because it's such a character moment scene. Um, because they're having that deep discussion. If you've ever had a deep discussion with somebody, you care more about that person than your circumstances, what are going on. And I think so, what, hmm, I, I don't I think we're that. talking about huh. that so much as the part before the waterfall where they're, you know, like singing to each other. No, no. <laughs> No, the part where they're like, uh, you know, uh, the car is just out of control. It's before they hit the river. They're jumping through all the rocks and everything. Yeah, yeah. Arguing. That's want to drive too. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, no, exactly. He, he, it's like, well, why don't you put it on yourself, you know, and it, put the brake on yourself. And he breaks, you know, gives it. See, you ruin everything. It's like they're literally like driving on rocks, you know, like jumping up and down. And, exactly. You know, that's just really big. Oh, okay. And that's gotcha. Exactly. That's the part I was referring to. Gotcha. Um, Paul, what's something else you didn't like about this movie? I was kind of disappointed that the original voice for Max from Goof Troop wasn't in the movie. But I, but comparing the two, I think I like the movie version better. It's less scraggly, but I felt bad for the voice actor who played it on Goof Troop first. <laughs> well, keep in mind the age difference too. Max is about you know seven and. Oh, Goof that's Troop. true. I guess I'll concede that, <laughs> but it's obviously very different. He didn't. I guess he's already had his voice changed by the time Goof Troop comes along. Is that what it's supposed to be? Well, go- when, you, no. when Goof Troop, I mean, comes well, along? By, uh, sorry, but well, in Goofy the movie, movie yeah, Goofy he's, movie, he's a teenager. He's in high school. I just felt bad for Dana Hill, who who provided the voice. That's all. But I guess I shouldn't be. <laughs> They should have got the the original voice from Max from like the seventies shorts, where he's like you know like he's five or four years old. Wait, you know what I'm talking about? No. Yeah, yeah. It's like there's he's married to Mrs. Geef, and there's and he's Mr. Goof, and he's and it's basically how to parenting, and it's like uh, and Max is the I think if you saw a picture of him, uh, you know, uh, you you would you wouldn't realize that that's that's still Max, but it oh, is. Oh, now I have to Google it. Yeah, he's like right. basically a toddler at that point, so they should get his voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think his voice changed from a toddler. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm trying to remember while, the shorts. But, while yeah. we're on the subject of Max, something else I didn't like about Max was why was he so convinced that Roxanne did not like him? I don't. I didn't uh, because he's because an she, insecure teenager. <laughs> yeah, and she she wait when bef, when he was trying to say that he can't go to the no this was be, before he had sort of gone um, that date with her he oh, seemed okay. to be so overly convinced that she, he that she well, did he's not never like talked him. to her yeah, yeah so why yeah. Did, why does he assume she doesn't like him because that's most people yeah it's like most yeah chances are he's just trying to lower his expectations is that what he's doing well he's just nervous about talking to her it's like gee i really like whenever he interacts with her on screen she seems to like not be like pushy away or or overly coy or anything well that's because that's their first interaction i think yeah pretty much he doesn't know, so he expects the worst, which is, you know, not that far out of character. 
I for think. a teenager. Intruder yeah. alert. Intruder alert. Intruder alert. Uh-oh. I have to say something. I really, really have an opinion about what you guys are talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. Who are you? Oh, hi. I'm Christy. I'm the hi, wife. Hi, Christy. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> on your new one. Thank yes, you. Yes, congrats. Um, I have to say that... Wait, I just lost. I'm like two hours that's, of sleep here. That's fine. I, I, I'm not, and I still don't know what we were talking about. No, okay. <laughs> Max is like the guy that doesn't believe in himself. I don't know right. why you wouldn't understand this, Francisco, because I'm sure you oh, had okay. moments. Oh, okay. She's on our life. side. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't believe in himself. So he, she's like the prettiest girl in school. And when you don't believe in yourself, you assume the prettiest girl in school will never like you. So yeah. it doesn't matter how nice she is because he doesn't like himself. So he doesn't see that she's being nice. Yeah. Okay. I really <laughs> wanted to say that. Thanks all for letting me interrupt. Okay, bye. Sure. Thanks, Christy. <laughs> that was well said. <laughs> if I do say so. <sighs> Who say so? We say so. The three. I don't think I have any response to that. <laughs> um, moving well, on. Do you agree or disagree? You still think he should have just like, well, sucked it up and go for it, dude. And stop being so nervous. I think maybe uh, this mean, is I like guess. about Francisco's I, you know, what, actually, what what it takes for him to sympathize with the character. <laughs> you know what? On now after giving it a little bit of thought and what you guys have said, it does make sense that if he's dreaming about Roxana as essentially this goddess in the beginning, he mm-hmm. is setting her up to be something that he can't obtain. Right. And I could see the self defeatist attitude um, birthed and out of that. when she finds out, well, like who he's ultimately going to become or become like, she's not gonna. She's gonna run away in terror. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I am just like being <laughs> too shade and thwarted all over this episode. That's fine, though. It's fine. That's fine. It's good. It's good for you. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, all right, guys. Um, do you have any other things you didn't like about a goofy movie? Um, I'll say, uh, some, I'm, I'm still trying to figure this out exactly, but, uh, the whole first ho- half hour basically builds up so great and stand out is, uh, well, Climax. S- well, stand out, it stands out, you know, <laughs> it's such a great moment, a great, you know, and it all builds and everything's working smoke. great. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun, and you even get the the reprise later. It's fantastic. You by the and you get the the interaction between Max and Goofy about to go on the open road, and they sing the big you know theatrical open road song, and the but something changes at the end of the first act that I don't I'm I'm still figuring out is like what is it that after that you get this build up and then kind of like. Stops. The rest of them, yeah, it kind of like something happens there where the the tone shifts or the pacing kind of like steps back a bit or something. I'm not it, quite is sure, that but when something's Bigfoot, a little amiss. Is that when Bigfoot before happens? Bigfoot. It's before Bigfoot, uh, but it's about the, what happens after that. Is like uh, Lester's Possum Park, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but just something how it it, it doesn't. Oh, it is. It stops fun. building after the first act, which is what the first act is supposed to do, and you get the second act, which is weaker than the first act that's not 
you know, it's like, oh yeah. no, the second act is weaker. That's is that so much a criticism? I, it is a criticism, but I mean, not every movie's going to be perfect. So, rarely are. Yeah, you got the you got a great first act. You got a great last act. You know, it's that's that's what you know. Oh, you want a good movie to have. So, well, I mean, if, I always remember from from my uh, band classes. They my my teachers would always say. Start strong and finish strong. In the middle, no one really remembers. So exactly. Actually, that's not true. Okay, fine. A Paul. lot of movie scripts are rejected based on um, a weak second act, and basically, the, they're saying is that you have no story. Thank a you, great Paul. Setup and a great finish, but no story. Okay, so I don't have a lot to add to that, um, Josh. But other than what I said, um, okay, cool. But uh, Paul, do you have any other things you didn't like about a goofy movie before your Sorry. tragic maker? I just have my tragic maker that I can think of. Okay. I have a couple of small things. First, I, I hate Pete's meddling. Oh, my gosh, dude. Just <laughs> mind your own business. He's one of the antagonists. Yeah. He, he, Sharon hated that, too. He was like, oh, him. <laughs> and, and as a, uh, an adjunct to that, if I'm using that word correctly, uh, I, I hate that PJ's sort of a subplot his relationship with his dad, that never seems, that seems like it's, that's always the way it's going to be. And I feel so bad for him. Why? They're fine. That is what you would call in literature, a foil. You see another, a character doing the same thing differently. You see, this is an alternative path here. Yeah. But PJ wasn't made out of aluminum or tin. Mm. So I'm, I'm a little confused. Aluminum. Foil. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but uh, okay. I guess I kind of see that. Um, but it, it's just something. It that is sad. I yeah. wanted more for him, and that Pete said that he, PJ, respected him. It was total crap to me. He feared him. He didn't respect him. So oh, I don't know. Shut I, up think, I think that's actually no. As far as I meant to um, bring this up earlier, but uh, you have. Pete about the oh yeah about the good parenting and bad parenting I should rephrase that of uh, we have Pete where it's like well I want my son to respect me but Goofy is like yeah but I want my son to love me as well you know and I think you have this like push and pull between these two ends of the spectrum there mm-hmm. right and that's just parenting in general do you want your kid to do what you say like a hundred percent or do you mm-hmm. want him to love you and you you know you let him get away with everything and, yeah. and, and i so think it's have, in the middle it, there's a yeah. balance it, yeah and you yeah, have that's what goofy learns. you have pj <laughs> you have pj on one side and goofy or you have max on this other side and goofy's trying to find the right balance yeah yeah well, and that's it's what a, the, it's a story mm-hmm. of discovery and then you you wrap it up, pop it in the oven. You got a nice baked potato after. Yeah, with foil. power line. <laughs> with foil. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, and then my last thing. Goofy and Max don't wear seatbelts unless it's comedically necessary, which was yeah, annoying yeah, to me. Come on, guys. Point. Come on. Yeah. Show safety. I'll let you have that one. Thank you. Do we, uh, do we, have, do we share this, the things that we hated the most? That's what we're just about to do. Josh, kick us off. Okay. That, that, was, that was setting us up for that. Uh, you know, I don't have anything specific, but but I I do have something to say. Uh, there is something that is keeping it from being four stars, like a perfect movie. And I, I, that was five. I was going to say, I thought that was five as well. Well, I was going by Roger Ebert. He does four stars. Isn't he passed away (laughs) now? Well, he is, but he has, he's the, The stars uh, were made. He he is the (laughs) epitome. I thought he was a thumbs up, thumbs guy. That's what I thought too. 
Well, no, his, if, his actual blog, he only does that when he's like with another uh, critic. Robert. But uh, if you read his, you know, his reviews, he, he has out of four stars. Some people do t- out of ten stars. You know, um, right. IMDb does out of ten stars. I was just going anyway. So there's something films. from it, it's it's not it's it's really good, but is it is it great? Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. It's really good though. But what you know, uh, it goes to these very emotionally weighty areas, you know, yes. uh, and it's also a comedy, and it balances the two. It never suffers from like a, a tonal shift whiplash where you're like, oh well, now I'm just not interested, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, so I don't know what it is from keeping it from perfect, but whatever that is, that's my tragic maker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my tragic maker is that this movie's not perfect. Exactly, that is it. I don't know what's stopping it from being, ah, this is the perfect movie. Uh, You know, maybe it has some flaws. I tried to say something about that, about maybe it's too outlandish in some areas. But, you know, it's goofy, so you have to kind of have that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, but whatever that is, you know, I'll say it's not perfect. That's my tragic maker. (laughs) Maybe Francisco and I can help enlighten you. I I believe we can. Uh, Okay. Uh, how about I go first, Paul, and then you want to end with All yours? All right, I'll wrap it up okay. with my slammer. Okay, so here we go. Ugh, Why does Roxana have to find someone else to go to the party with? Um, it's not like Max is ditching her, you know, just because he wants to just do something else. He She's he has a good too. He has a good. That's okay. what I was gonna say. Okay, here's the thing. Why the H E double hockey sticks? Does she say... Why bring she... hockey into this? Because <laughs> Goofy taught you how to play hockey. Exactly. Go on. <laughs> um, why does she, she... Totally made me lose my train of thought, Paul. Well, you brought in hockey. You made me lose my... <laughs> totally okay. went off into that direction. Well, why does... So why, if she... Okay, she says that she... At the end of the movie, she no. said she liked Max, right? Yeah. Yet... She says that in the beginning when he says he has to go on the ship, she says, like, well, I guess I'm just going to go with someone else. What is that about? If she likes him, why that, is she saying that? She can because, go stag to this part. Why is she go with her, her uh-huh. braces glass no, friends? I yeah, go ahead. And <sighs> wrap it up after you. I, I will. I will back Francisco up on this. Thank okay. you. All good. I'll educate both. Oh. <laughs> but go for it, Josh. Well, I do believe, I, I think Paul might, was about to say maybe it's that she has the same insecurities. It's like, I want this guy yes. to like me. Yes. But it's more of a stretch for her to say that than for Max to be no. insecure. You see more of him dealing with that. Roxanne's like, oh, well, I guess he doesn't like me. It does feel more plot or character kind of like shoved. Like it's It's too easy to say. Oh, you know, you don't really see that she likes him that much. But so I can see both sides really. Here here is the major character um trait that you're missing. Roxanne is very well liked amongst other guys. There's even other guys like the handsome dude mm-hmm. Chad. Mm-hmm is asking her out to go to this party. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. She has a history of going out with other guys, and other guys 
rejecting her saying oh i can't do this oh i can't the way they reject her where, or put her down where's that is, coming from i don't i'm telling you I, this is I how think, it makes sense oh, okay? oh this is speculative no, no, this, this is, is this is inferred this is deeply only, inferred this no is, this is the only way it makes sense okay okay is that she's used to guys when they're no longer interested saying oh i'm busy i gotta do other things so when he says oh i'm busy i can't do this she takes it as oh i'm not interested oh i, I got you like that's that's a guy rejecting her right saying, she takes it as a rejection yeah. of like look no, 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 we're cool, we're cool, you know, but, um, you know, it's like, I'll call you later, and I never call kind of thing. Yeah. So she, when, that's why he says, like, oh, I can't make it. She's like, you can see as she's looking down, and her voice gets low. She's real, She feels like she's being dumped. And so she takes it. I was like, oh, no, go, fine. Maybe I'll just go with someone else. Because she's used to going to parties with other people. Yeah. I think I'm with you on that, Paul. Um, I wish. I think it could have been done better. Yes, I think they could have come up with some other way than just give her a little bit more character moment. Yeah, like either have that type of backstory that you're talking about, Paul, which would be hard to fit in with people. No, that's not. I did not infer that at all. I just inferred that she didn't want to go out with them. That's what I was getting. It's inferred in there, but it's it's too quick or it's not focused enough. Okay, watch it again. <laughs> two minutes, and with this in mind, with this in mind, if you ever watch it again, keep this in mind and see if you don't if you can see that play out that way. But this comes from the guy that thinks that Max and Roxana had the same mom. <laughs> I was a theory. <laughs> hey, look this. look at Luke and Leia. Leia they still kiss. Oh, you know, yeah, they're all, still... right, all right. There is a precedent, I suppose. Oh, and Star Wars <laughs> is the precedent for <laughs> They're both okay. Disney, you know. You never <laughs> yeah. know. Now. Well, now. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Paul, go ahead and give us your tragic maker. All right. There's a lot of plot points that doesn't make sense in this movie. Why one? Why doesn't Max just ask to go on the trip after the concert? After his hey, there's a party, or you know, after the party, I'm going over. We're your friends are getting together. Let's go on this road trip after. Does he ask? No. He As just I have, I have an answer. For yeah. That. Do you want us to answer like point by point, or wait, save it to the end? Uh, let's might as well do point by point. Okay. Okay. Because he doesn't have okay. a good relationship with Goofy at that point. He but he, he spent all his this life. Is, this is addressed though in the movie. How? Where? Uh, it, they're talking over each other a bit, so it's kind of hard to pick up everything. Depth, but okay, go ahead. Talking over each oh, other. Oh, I had planned now. to. <laughs> uh, Max says there's a party I want to go to, and Goofy says you'll have plenty of time for parties when you're older. And but look he at me. Doesn't the, fight and, for it. He fights no, for not even going more than just postponing it. What I said earlier. What is one of the biggest things in the whole movie? The, the biggest theme is communication. Remember the climax, eye to eye. I know, but that's what's frustrating. And Why that's kind of the yeah. That's the whole movie. That's your journey. The journey isn't so much the road trip. It's about finding that communication. Okay, here's the biggest plot hole okay, <laughs> that frustrates me. Okay, and okay. yes, it has to do with communication. <laughs> <laughs> But 
Goofy says that Max can pick all the points on the way to Lake Destiny. Mm-hmm. So oh, why is it right. the concert just, just one of point? those points yeah. on the way to Lake Destiny? Yeah. Because he wasn't being honest. It doesn't about matter. going to he no wasn't because being he. On- okay, no, because the point was you pick all the all the points to Lake Destiny. Yes. So he picked all the points, but took them to Los Angeles. But no, on the way that, to Lake yeah. Destiny. Yeah, I mean they stop at they stop at monster truck rallies. They stop at places overnight. It's not like right. They, it, he wasn't being honest about the giant ball of yarn. I'd and like that wasn't to, a problem. What I well that was on the way, and I'd like to think they but didn't the map have was time. all. Did you see the map? It was all over the U.S. Yeah, I think they didn't have enough time. To no, do both, sir. That yeah. was not communicated. It's inf- the only What's way it makes sense. The only way it makes sense, Paul, <laughs> no, is that they didn't have enough time no, to do if both. If that was the case, then he could have just um, not gone to other places that were along right. the map to save time. To right. make well, time. then that's a communication error. No, it's a or, plot or, hole. Or, or, it's a giant freaking plot hole that <laughs> destroys that where the whole movie just unravels. But you know what, Paul? I disagree. You know what? Uh. You wouldn't have any conflict if that were the case. It would no, there would have been no reason to have a movie if they well, didn't yeah, have that conflict. Yeah, because he didn't want to go, and it was still I think about them also, communicating. If, if Goofy, if Max says, you know, it's like he's basically deceiving Goofy about going, like where they're going, and so it's like you get to point all, pick all the things, you know. At that point, uh, he would have, he wouldn't have said, you know, hey, we're going to Los Angeles. It's, yeah. it had to be on the way to Lake Destiny. You can make it on the way. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of depends on what your map orientation is. If if you read maps, I mean, no one says north has to be at the top, south has to be at the bottom. That's just how we see maps normally. But maybe I there's some the sort of diagonal are... map where southeast is at the top, and, and anyway. so it looks just Any, like. okay. <laughs> so that's what frustrates me the most about this movie. I, you know, I gotta say, here, here to that, Paul. I think that's an excellent <laughs> plot hole. <laughs> now, will you come around to my plot hole, or not plot Which hole? One? My uh, tragic maker of Roxana and. Uh, and what, being, uh, that that she's uh, she's ex- more experienced than Max. That's not what I was saying. Anyway, no, never mind. What, never <laughs> mind. <laughs> all right, guys, we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer. Alice, do you have some sort of goofy firing solution for us? Yeah. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. All right, guys, do we rate a Goofy movie a classic? We would recommend anyone watch it, whether they've seen it before or not. A nostalgic, we'd only recommend people who've seen it in their, as a kid or in their past. We'd only recommend they see it again, uh, but not anyone who hasn't seen it before. Or a tragic, we recommend no one see this movie again. <laughs> Let's begin, as we like to, with our guest host, Josh. Uh, so my prediction, I said, was classic. Yes. And then, but that was before I started the movie. Then when I started the movie, I was thinking, oh no, this could be nostalgic. You know, the music and all that kind of stuff. And I mm-hmm. started to change it. Mm-hmm. But by the end, I landed back on classic. <laughs> nice. Right. Oh, you went through the journey with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Josh, you oh, could you still know. do nostalgic. You just have to, I mean, it's just a point along the way. So classic was just... So I can point. do both as, as long as we have enough time. <laughs> we can do both. Exactly. 
I, right. uh, I think I think just because you know it's it's if you're going to see it, like hey watch this movie it's about goofy it stars goofy you like goofy I think you get more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, Paul, what say you? I would recommend this movie to people who haven't seen it. So I say classic. All righty. And you know what? I, after I, I really enjoyed our discussion on it. I think there's a lot to this movie, and I enjoyed watching it. And I would, I now that I have a son, I would definitely share it with him. I, I don't there know if go. my daughter and I and I we would get the same out of it watching it together in terms of the overall relationship. We certainly might because we like a lot of the same things. Train her up to be a ninja turtle. Yes. Um, yeah, but uh, we weren't expecting that. Yeah, that's true. So it may it may hold a lot of appeal for her as well. Um, and actually, actually, it's funny. She actually watched it with us. Oh, Goofy movie? Yeah, and she sat yeah. through the whole thing. She seemed to enjoy it. How um, old is she? She's three. Three. Oh, and so, she enjoyed it? Yeah. Right. I, I mean, kept her attention. Yeah, I kept her attention, yeah. I should say. Um, there was one part where she was a little scared. Not the beginning part, which I was surprised at, where he's turning into big, towering Goofy, but... Um, I forget honestly which part it was. It was toward the second half of in the second half of the movie. Regardless, I would definitely like to watch it with her again when she's older. Even though some of the elements do annoy me, I will rate Goofy a classic, a Goofy wow. movie a classic as well. All right, <laughs> a unanimous classic. Yes, How about did that? not see that coming. Yeah, now guys, I know we've done time jumps before. Okay, <laughs> twice. i think we need i mean so we have all the time in the world but you know what our listeners don't so let's be a little quicker on giving ourselves our past selves this rating and but let's let's keep a little bit of the mystery let's only say that we rated a classic not whether it was unanimous or not we we think yeah we don't want to spoil it yeah we don't want to spoil our rating that much in the pursuit of spoiler being spoiler free, we don't want to spoil it. Anyway, let's go back in time. Let's see how what Josh thinks of himself back in the past, you know, hour or so ago. And let's do this. Well, okay. I think that worked fairly well. Uh, good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Um, now we're, that we're back in our own time, Alice, why don't you find out what's new on our tubes? New tube systems engaged. All right. Uh, let's go around and start with Josh. What's something new, whether it's a book or a movie or an app that you've been uh, experiencing recently? Uh, what's new on my tube it happens to be a YouTube channel I discovered recently. Whoa! Whoa. What channel? It, the channel is called Every Frame a Painting. Okay. And if you like, uh, if you like film analysis or you know just watching movies and you just want to be like you know you want to watch, you want to pay closer attention to movies or see what directors are doing when they're filming what stands out and what doesn't you know just basically the language of film uh-huh <laughs> paul is making 
of Pee Wee Herman page right now. <laughs> well, I'm talking about serious film studies. <laughs> I'm listening to reason. If you, uh, if you like, wow. we all understand the language of film, but if you want to understand it deeper, Only really? do blind people understand the language of film, Josh? Yeah, yeah. The the, they, the sound, the, you can listen to a movie and understand I, that a scene changes, and yeah, that's, I've that's watched the language. a movie or two with blind, a blind person. So this uh, I've YouTube been put guy, in my place. He has uh, he has about eight videos out now, but um, yeah, like he spends about like three weeks editing, top-notch editing. He's an actual professional editor who uh, just talks about like he'll choose a movie and just you know uh, he does one on silence. He does one on Chuck Jones was his recent one that was just. You know, I felt like I just took a class on animation, and I I feel like I know a lot about animation, but I learned just so much more about what Chuck Jones did and what separates him as an animator. Mm -hmm. All in like, and they're all about you know three to eight minutes long, so I highly recommend it. Very cool. I do too, because I I recent Josh shared it with me, and I subscribed, and now I look forward to. Wasting hours of my life. <laughs> Actually, it does look really interesting. That's awesome. So every yeah. frame of painting, right? And if you liked uh, what I was saying before about how a goofy movie is cinematic, that was directly inspired by basically watching all of his videos recently. Nice. Very <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, Paul, what is new oh, on your now tube? you got him talking like you. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what's new on Buddy. my tube? <laughs> You know, two Pauly Shore movies back to back. We didn't plan it, but the listeners voted it that That's way. Really, that was just Check out cool. my cat. Oh, sorry. Go on. <laughs> wow. Oh, by the way, this is probably not the time or the place, but it, it's a good segue. I re-listened to the last episode, which I rated uh, Encino Man. Encino Man, a nostalgic, but yes. I want to go back and change it to classic. Oh God. <laughs> But oh, when we do a retro re-rewind, you can do that. I thought we were doing those for just the ones that we did classic or second class. So we're going to do it We can again? do it for any of them. Oh, that's true. We got enough time. Yeah. I was thinking, well, I figure... I mean, you, know, you have we, a time machine. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let's just go back. 15 minutes should be enough, right? 10 minutes. It's 10, 10 minutes. minutes. Okay. Dang it. Though 15 works given we have 15 years, so there's a parallel there. But Oh, there we go. Okay. So what's been new on my tube lately is... Um, and see a man too? No, it's it's actually YouTube. Another, a different YouTube channel. Okay. Ooh. Um, but... I want to lead into it. I recently saw um, Ant-Man. Oh, yes. Okay, I really want to see it, but okay. Okay. I almost, I, don't spoil it. No, I no, I'm put not. That as my... I don't know why I asked you <laughs> not to spoil it. I know you're not going to, Paul. I I'm not going to spoil it. Um, and me being more of a DC fan, um, I haven't really read a lot of Ant-Man comics. Mm-hmm. So after seeing Ant-Man, I came across this... Um, YouTube channel called Mr. Sunday Movies. Okay. Yes, I know the one you're talking about. And <laughs> he has a series called Every Easter Egg. Uh-huh. And 
in it they have one on uh ant-man and every easter egg and reference of ant-man and what i liked about it is that it helped explain how ant-man fits within the marvel universe and what things to look out for well, and how they connect with he's the an other original, avengers mo- with he's the other an, marvel movies he's an original avenger right Right, but it also goes into the history, and it's only like seven and a half minutes long. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. So after you watch the movie, I'd recommend checking out this guy's uh, Mr. Sunday Movies, his channel, and it's Ant-Man, every Easter egg in reference. And he has also other things from other movies, uh, all the latest superheroes and Star Wars and Mm -hmm. other movies where they review it in the trailers and to show you inside things that are really interesting. So I'd check them out. Very cool. All right. That's awesome. Apparently Paul likes to play chicken. Who's going to flinch first? I was about to say, who's going to swerve first? (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually waiting for the guest host to do it. (laughs) Everybody's not saving you. No. What's happening right now? All right, Francisco. I'll have compassion on you. Since you're oh, oh, I get it. I'm supposed to introduce you or say what's on your tube. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Saved at the last second. Dang it. So, Francisco, uh, what the... is new on Why, YouTube? Why? Thanks for asking, Josh. I thought it was appropriate. So, what's new on my tube is I recently saw. Uh, we actually borrowed a movie from one of the people that commented on this episode, Danae Burge and, of Danae and Travis Burge. They lent us the Imitation Game, which oh, is yes. the... Oh, I wanted to see that. Benedict Cumberbatch as Alan Turing, who uh, thwarted the Enigma machine from within, in World War II. And it's a really good movie. And actually, I recommend watching it it actually made me think a lot about um, there are a lot of elements of this movie where there was a degree of hubris on Alan Turing's part, which panned out. I'm just, I'm curious if it was true to who he actually was. I mean, the movie is based on a book. I'm not sure if the book was a biography or sort of a historical somewhat fiction. I have no idea, but and I didn't do my I didn't do my background research, Rachel. I apologize. But uh, who has the time? Exactly. Or the who, ha- who has the time? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed sort of these elements of, you know, are if you're able to do this thing of breaking the Enigma machine, are you a god? Are you better than God? Sort of questions like that. Can't, what were, your responsibilities are. Yeah, what your responsibilities are. It was really interesting, and I thought about, you if know... If somebody asks you if you're a god, you say <laughs> yes! <laughs> Is that from something? Ghostbusters. Oh, of course. It's been years since I saw Ghostbusters. <laughs> Sorry. My apologies. Geek cred down. Boom, boom, boom. Uh, okay, so, anyway... Look. The and this is the tower of Gozer. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Zool? Um, I heard a voice say Zool. Was it Keymaster? No, it was no. coming from the fridge. Oh, 
We're eggs the boiling on the counter. Yeah. Next to the Stay Puff marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway, Starring Bulbasaur. We are bath. totally off the rails now. So check out, bath. check out check out the huge <laughs> YouTube the channels. Every frame, cottage cheese. Every frame of painting. Angelfish waffle smack. <laughs> every frame of painting. Um, Paul, remind us of what Bombadil Rivendell. No, okay. Uh, Mr. Sunday Movies. Mr. Sunday is, Movies. Yes. And the movie The Imitation Game. All right, Alice, do we have Starring Rinky Dink Curdle Snoop. Feedback from our listeners. I don't think so. Online. Receiving incoming transmission. Uh, so I just said we don't think so, but I did want to say we, uh, from last episode, we talked about our, my back and forth with Rachel Wunsch about, you know, League of Their Own and researching the movie and whatnot. Uh, she said, hey, at Retro Rewind Podcast, a League of, a league of My Own is not my favorite, but it's up there. I think, I wonder if she meant a league of their own is not my favorite, but it's up there. I'm just saying when you do historical films, research it. No, as we, yeah, as Paul sort of mentioned before, we may, if we find we have oodles of time, um, but we're, for the most part, we're not going to do a lot of background research on the movies period. We try to do research on the movie itself, but we're not always going to, be doing that right. if you Basically, ever do Braveheart good luck <laughs> though Rachel I do want to challenge you or any other listener if you find that that's a part a piece to our podcast that you would like to contribute to say we're going to do um, I don't know Braveheart and you want to record yourself doing a little like this was the actual history of Braveheart maybe I don't know a two to five minute <laughs> uh, spiel about that It'd, it'd be awesome to get uh, listener listeners' voices on the podcast in addition to our own. So there's my challenge to you, Rachel, or any other listener that would like to do that. Basically, how I look at it is we're taking from the movie-going experience alone and then or the video game playing experience alone, and then we pepper it with a little bit of history or trivia behind it, not, not researching it down to some other level. And I agree, but if... Some people want that level of detail, and if we if we have listeners that are willing to contribute that, I am not going to shun you unless... Right. Yeah, so, I don't imagine me shunning that. I think that'd be if, a nice addition. If we say something that goes against the historical making of a movie or a historical piece of, like, a league of their own, that's only because we get that idea from watching the movie. Well put, research. Paul. Yes, no. exactly. We and we had one more. We had one more uh, bit of feedback on our last Encino Man episode. Oh yeah, uh, Michael Withers said, "I'm a biologically liberal woman, so I won't take offense to being called a she." And I think he's, re- <laughs> I think he's referring to uh, our co-host, our guest host, Chris Cowan, thought Michael was a her when yeah. I read his feedback. Um, so that was funny. Uh, thanks for clarifying that for us, Michael. Um, and that's our feedback. Thank you again to everyone who left us feedback, and uh, whether it was on this episode or past episodes. Or future ones. Or future ones as well, if you know what we're going to do and can somehow post a comment to that episode. 
We have a time cool. machine. We do have a time machine. That's been established. Uh, now let's go on to some show announcements. Uh, what, Paul? I'm sitting. We don't have a time machine. You sit on a throne of lies <laughs> and you smell of beef and cheese. Uh, quick announcement. We are getting close to starting our next round of five movies that you, the listeners, have picked for us to review on the podcast. Uh, we'll be Our next couple movies, uh, Paul will be sharing the next one in a moment. But if, if you go to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash CasterVote cast your vote you can vote on these movies and if we were to close polling today your next five movies would be an american tale the iron giant home alone groundhog day oh and rush hour wow do you understand the words coming out of my mouth is transformers the animated movie still number six no it is now falling to number nine So, yeah, Rescuers Down Under is pretty close. Oh, that's cool. Coke and Dagger. I thought you guys might do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because we of Ant- did. Ant-Man. I know, but you guys already did it. So. Yeah. Uh, actually, we don't time it. We very rarely time uh, movies because now it's, it's usually based on uh, the voting yeah, on the, right. the exactly. website. Exactly. Well, I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids anyway after Ant-Man. <laughs> I don't know Sorry, if you... But did you listen to the podcast to find out whether you should watch it again? No, I already knew I wanted to. Oh, fine. I see. <laughs> wait, wait. We're but not now I have to listen to it. on movie watching? <laughs> <laughs> but now I, I, sh- I need to go back and listen to it now that I watched it. You should, yeah. Get, it was a fun one. To get uh, the other, uh, your, your guys' opinions. That is RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 14. For oh, that. by the way, Francisco, you liked, uh, if you liked the movie... Um, about Alan Turing? Yeah. Um, I'd recommend listening to the podcast called Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith. Um, oh, you've, they, you've, you mentioned that. As a former uh, new tube. Yeah, they interviewed the screenwriter of... Uh, Imitation Game? Movie, I- Imitation Game. They talk about um, talking to the family and what the actor's motivations were and everything. It, oh, behind, cool. A lot of behind the scenes. So if you're interested more in that, I'd recommend that. Very awesome. Okay. Good to know. Uh, and I think that's all the announcements we have this time. Uh, if you want to leave us feedback, like uh, any of the people who left us feedback, uh, you can... Oh, gosh. The best places to go are on the comments section for the show notes of any of our episodes. Or, again, our Facebook group, which you can join by going to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash group. Uh, also, I want to mention that we are a part of the Retro Junkies Network, which you can find at theretrojunkies.com. Uh, I want to sh- highlight the show Two Dudes in the Nest, which they're do Michael Kelso uh, and his, uh, I forget, actually, I know his name is Justin, but I forget his last name. Uh, they do game-by-game uh, game Nintendo Entertainment System podcast, so I recommend going and listening to that. Uh now, before we head back to Nav Point Omega, I want to thank Josh Powers for coming back on the show. Please tell us where we can find you online, and is there anything you'd like to promote? Um, you can find me on Twitter, at Joshua Powers, where I write funny things and sometimes not funny things, just <laughs> stuff that amuses me. Do you ever um, write your uh, like work antics on Twitter? I only no, see that on Facebook. Is... 
yeah, because uh, Twitter only gives you 140 characters, and oh, sometimes I yeah. need like 500 characters. <laughs> uh, Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, I, I don't think I have my Facebook set to private. So if you look me up on Facebook, you, you can check that out too. Cool. And you said that was at Joshua Powers, correct? Uh, yeah, my Twitter handle. Nice. Cool. And thank you once again for joining us, Josh. Coming back, not being scared of us. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Oh, of course. Um, you can find me, Francisco Ruiz, uh, either through the show contact page, which is retrorewindpodcast.com slash contact, or you can tweet me at FXRUIZX. And if you want to find Paul, all his social, social information, the sites he's on, is at pauljpowers.com. And you can usually find me in Southern California. And in Southern California. Uh, Paul, will you, will you tell us not only where you live, but what movie game time continuum will we be rewinding back to next time? All right, next time we'll be going back to the year 1982. Oh, I know well, that year. Movie <laughs> E.T. Thank what? you so much for voting this up. Uh, but until next time, we would appreciate it so much if you took some time to review us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. That really helps uh, others find the show when they're searching for podcasts. And, of course, if you want to keep the show, why do you have this? <laughs> I need to take this out, this <laughs> sentence. No one wants to keep the show all to themselves. Well, if they do, you're fine. It's a free country so far. But let's not get political on all our freedoms being taken away. But so far, you can keep the show to yourself. Do, um, we, do you guys announce who the guest is next time? Uh, not normally. Not because okay. sometimes... Uh, they're not able to for scheduling purposes uh we may have to round up someone else yeah oh um, i see at the last second or minute. okay because i know who your next guest is uh, yeah oh, okay. i think you know very well who our next guest is is it me no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, so. in fact you might know them biblically biblically <laughs> <laughs> Is, is that, isn't that what they do on Shakespeare? They get on stage and give a, 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 a soliloquy. Oh, a soliloquy. Oh. And of course, if you want to keep the show... Darn it, that's the wrong <laughs> sentence. Well, uh, you're reading it, Paul. Or better yet, here, consider your consider sending a little fundage. <laughs> for, Dude, need fundage, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cheddar. <laughs> Send us a buck or more for every episode via our Patreon page at retrorewindpodcast.com slash Patreon. Awesome. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for being an awesome co-host and a great friend. Thank you. And you too. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and whether this is your first time listening oh. or... We're busted. <laughs> <laughs> Whether the police are coming to get you while you're listening to this podcast um, or you're doing chores or homework, we appreciate you so much. And like a Pokemon, we got to catch you all later on the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. How about I'll call you later? <laughs> okay. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega. And return to base. Mm-hmm.
It's the perfect cast. What we are? We're the perfect cast? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Proved it right there. <laughs> exactly. Sibilance, sibilance, check one, check two. Microphone. Mommy made me mash my M&M's. Where is that from? <laughs> Isn't that from something? I don't know. It's from all the mic checks I've heard over the years. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh fine. Be that way. Please don't edit that out either. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the very, very end.